You're listening to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience, a podcast dedicated to helping executives train their sales and marketing teams to optimize growth. Whether you're looking for techniques and strategies or tools and resources, you've come to the right place. Let's accelerate your growth in three, two, one. Welcome, everyone, to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience. I'm your host, Chad Anderson. Today, we're talking about market strategy and planning, elements to effective sales outreach messaging, relate between marketing and sales, and what we should automate and what we shouldn't. To help us, we have with us Patrick, CEO of Nerdwise. Patrick, welcome to the show. Thank you, Chad. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. So we always like to start with a kind of off-the-wall question, just for the audience to get to know you a little bit better. And I'm always curious to know, Something you're passionate about that people that only know your business might be surprised to learn. Yeah, I think, you know, I would start with that. I, 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 it's, it's sort of a funny, quirky thing, but I really enjoy serving people, like hosting and serving people in social environments. And it, it certainly makes its way to my like professional side. But um, I'm a people person and I, I just kind of get it's like a simple pleasure in life, whether that's like taking chips out of a bag and putting them in a bowl, like metaphorically <laughs> or literally um, all the way to, you know, making like the most amazing charcuterie board. And and I, I, I feel similar. It's like part of part of my uh, uh, professional side as well, where I just I really enjoy kind of creating a five star experience and serving people. But um yeah, it's a, it's a it's a true passion. It's like one of those things that that I really do uh, I do enjoy. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's unique. I haven't heard that one before, but I can totally get it. Totally get it. So, all right. So, let's talk about go to market strategy. When we talk about it, you know, how from your perspective, it's kind of a black magic for a lot of people, right? Like, how do they get the GTM right? They're always constantly tweaking it. From your perspective, how should companies go about approaching the strategy and planning of their GTM to make it as effective as possible? Yeah, first, don't don't uh, don't think of it as black magic, and and don't listen to people who make it sound more complicated than it is. <laughs> and that's just like that's like my personal viewpoint on it. I, I've uh, I've sat through some frustrating in my, in historic through my career some frustrating workshops where you know you leave and you feel like you now you need all these things or you don't you need more answers to more questions and when it comes to go to market there's two main things to to think about first in my mind you know the first is of course your goals and your goals for your business for your your you know your sales goals your lead goals are right? just kind of basic what are what are we out to achieve and then from that the the other thing i would say is go to market planning is really just organizing and prioritizing literally how you want to go to market and when you're thinking about organizing and prioritizing it, you want to go, you know, again, you've got your goals in mind, but, but those goals, um, you want to, you want to make it as easy as possible for you to achieve those goals. And so think about it as organizing and prioritizing where you want to focus in the market and then just drilling down from there and, and, and how to make, uh, your, your life easier. There's a couple of shortcuts, you know, one is where do you have the most traction today? And then what do you need to kind of double down on that traction? You know, there's like this marketing stack or customer success stack where you have the case studies, the references, the testimonials, the, uh, you know, all that, all that sort of sales and marketing enablement stuff. But that's how I think about go-to-market planning is like, how can we make both our job as marketers easier to generate leads? And how can we make it easier for our sales team to convert and close, close those opportunities as they're generated? And, you know, a go-to-market plan should just look like, you know, bucket one, we're going to go after 
you know, and, and could be bucket one could often be, again, you're looking for like low hanging fruit or where you're going to have the most success could just be like old lead reactivation, right? So many companies that have been for around for a while have leads that don't convert. Most of us do. And so that's doesn't need to be black magic or smoke and mirrors. It's just, let's take our leads that don't convert after 60 or 90 days. And, and part of our go to market is around nurturing those leads and reactivating them. And then bucket two is, you know, Hey, we've got success in financial services and it's with advisory firms. So let's, let's double down on that and stick to that. And then let's branch off of there and go to accounting. Cause that's like a close neighbor to, you know, still in financial services and then, you know, so forth. So, you know, that's just some, some of my thoughts on go-to-market planning. I don't think it needs to be, uh, you know, <laughs> physics or rocket science or anything, but you, you do need to yeah, be smart about it. Simplicity is always better. I often see companies just get wrapped around the axle, overthinking and overanalyzing, often until, you know, analysis by paral- uh, analysis paralysis kind of effect. So when you talk about the, the nurturing of leads and the sales side of it, when it comes to effect sales outreach messaging, what do you see that companies are often missing? because we've all been subject to some really horrible <laughs> outreach. So I'm curious to know from your perspective, kind of how should companies look at that messaging to make it more effective? Well, yeah. So we started on the right topic, which is directly related to your question, which is go-to-market planning. And, and you need to know who your audience is well to develop effective messaging. So it starts with the audience and knowing who that, that audience is. If you don't have a well-defined go-to-market plan or a well-defined uh, customer segment that you're going after, your your sales team is going to be blending messaging. They're going to be using messaging from one industry to another. They will not have kind of the the full uh, you know quiver of arrows that they need to go at a market. And so I think it starts with your audience, and then I, I break down when it comes to messaging, you know, into three three or four different elements that I think are the most important. The first is the, the language that that audience uses, right? Like healthcare doesn't use the same language as education, as financial services, as tech, right? Healthcare cares about patients. Education, it's about students, student safety, student effect, uh, student tech, you know, whatever the case is. Tech, it might be customers, financial services, clients, and compliance. They don't, they don't use the same language is my, my point. The second thing is they don't have the same goals. They're not working towards the same thing. You know, one, one of the big... One of the big uh, missteps in marketing is, and this is everybody, I say everybody knows this, I guess, I guess a lot of people still don't, but you know, it's at this stage of the relationship, the, the marketing, you know, kind of out sales, outreach, cold outreach, whatever, you know, the advertising that the, the first touch point or one of the early touch points, top of funnel, people don't care at all about you and your services and your company. You're interrupting their day. You're, you're, you're trying to get their attention. And so to do that, it has to be about, and this is the second thing, it has to be about the outcomes that they care about, their goals. It's got to be about what they're working towards. You literally have to kind of get in their head. And so again, it goes back to the audience. You know, if it's, uh, if it's an accounting firm, well, you know, they're numbers oriented. So let's, and, and you know, they're always out, uh, you know, up to, to save some money or to do something more effectively. So let's use some language that speaks to that. You know, if it's education, it's going to be something else. So you know, the, the language the audience uses, the um, outcomes that they're trying to achieve, not not your stuff. You, you, at this stage, you don't want to really be talking about your stuff uh, much at all on your messaging. And then the third element is credibility. So so why you? You know, otherwise it's just an anonymous message and, you know, you, you're nobody. So, you know, things like, hey, we've helped hundreds of others like you or we've worked with this one, this one, or here's a case study. And so 
I think those are the three, the three main elements. And then, you know, I, I, the, the last thing I would say is people like people, they don't like, <laughs> you know, marketing. So, um, you know, be, be human, you know, be, 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 uh, be personal, be polite, you know, I think in, in your messaging and your communications, all that stuff matters. Yeah, absolutely. And and there's an interesting dichotomy there, right? Between marketing and, and sales, marketing, providing things, sales with off without often knowing kind of what sales is doing or how they're doing it. If, throughout my entire career, we've all heard about sales and marketing kind of being at friction, you know, at odds with each other. I'm curious from your perspective, if you were thinking about that GTM and we're thinking about the messaging, how do we then get marketing and sales to get on the same page? And what, what would that look like to make them optimal into their interactions? Well, um, so first of all, they're on the same team, right? And, and so like, <laughs> you, you, you have to have, you have to have that, that, uh, you know, that, that has to be sort of point number one. Um, you know, you got this should share, they should share goals. They should share lead goals. They should uh, share sales goals and they should be working towards the same goals on the same team. And I think that, I think that as, as over the last 10, 20 years, particularly with the rise of marketing and, and sales, uh, uh, technologies that have come about that, that they are working more closely together than ever before. Right. It's no longer the creative ivory tower. And then the like, you know, good old boy with his briefcase that, and they're totally <laughs> separate. Right. Those are not the, those, that's not the world that we live in anymore. So I think they are working closer together, uh, than, than ever before. I think they need to share goals. And then, um, you know, it's it like it always has been, but I think now it's, it, it it's gotten even you know, more, uh, more in the weeds, you know, marketing's job is to make sales easier and to make sales more effective. And so, you know, that's, but, but they should be sharing goals. They should be in the same meetings. They should be, uh, working together on the same stuff. And I, and now a sale, uh, marketing, you know, somebody who's in marketing, they're going to be, you know, in the sales operation, in the sales process and the sales communications more so than ever before. Uh, not just creating the case studies and the, in the white papers, but, they should be ensuring that you know the, that that they're all working from on the same plan. They're going after the same markets. That they've got that stack of you know messaging, and uh, if they need a deck, they get the deck. If they you know whatever it may be, but I think they got to work uh, closer to closer. I I often say with with Nerdwise at our company, and and when you think about you know sales automation and and marketing automation and sales, it's got to be like sales and marketing holding hands and skipping down the street together like they're working together and that has that that has, that's that has, that's how it has to happen i love it that's a beautiful image that i'm not gonna be able to get out of my head for the rest of the day um so all right so we think about sales marketing they're on the same team uh, some people I think are getting to the point where they'll even label them RevOps to just get rid of the whole dichotomy thing that's been there in the past. But then there's this concept of the tech stack and automation. And, and, and we've seen, we've all been, you know, we've all received overly automated outreach uh, in, our, in our lives. And I'm curious, is there a balance? Like what's the right amount of automation to support your GTM, you know, fueled by the messaging of that combined team putting together? How, how do people, what's the right level and how do people avoid automating too much? Well, I, I'm always scared to throw automation at, at a lot of things, particularly when you've got even somebody who's, well, I should, I should be careful because sometimes when someone's in funnel and you've already identified them, a little bit of automation is okay because you're just trying to move them from one stage to the other. So if you, if you know where someone's at in your funnel, 
but but I guess I guess the, the the backing up just a little bit here is wh- who are we talking about, right? If we're going out cold, you know, you can you can I don't want to I don't want to that's probably where you can use the most automation because you know the the damage is of course you can do some damage, but they're not they're not leads. They're you know you're not going to lose a lead. You can learn a lot. You want to be learning and optimizing and making sure you're doing quality outreach, getting quality results. But the the further people get down into your funnel, the more they know about you know your organization, the more interest they have, uh, the less automation you want to be using. I, I saw some. I'm in like these marketing groups. I saw a, a new AI you know platform you can hook up to your email, and it will respond to. This is what the guy was was promoting that it will it will it will nurture your your uh, responses to your to your sales automation outreach, and if it's you know, if they're not that interested or, or whatever they say, like it will actually have the conversation for you. And I just couldn't believe it. I was like, man, I would never, if, if, if there's a prospective client coming, you know, into my inbox with a question, uh, not, you know, no, thank you. Not at this time. If they're, if they are already that close to, to me as a person, I'm, there's no way I'm going to throw more automation at them. You know, the value of a lead is, is so incredibly high that when it's, when it's at that stage, when it's a, when it's further in the funnel, Throwing automation at something that could be worth thirty thousand dollars is like that's a human's job, you know. Um, throwing automation at something that there is no value to it because they're not even interested yet. They don't know who you are. Like, yeah, you know, it's a little little less damage uh, can be done there. But that that'd be my rule of thumb is I would I would back away from automation the further people are uh, in the funnel. Yeah, I love it. I think that makes sense, right? Because people want to buy from people like you said, be human. They want that connection. I had some of those automated AI conversation bots or whatever, and. Uh, uh, it's interesting, but it doesn't have, it doesn't elicit the same reaction, especially when I'm looking to spend significant dollars. Uh, sorry, I, I want to be able to develop trust, credibility and rapport with somebody. Um, so let's, let's talk, talk about Nerdwise a little bit. Tell us about the company and, and your journey to get there. Well, um, we, so we, we tried to be the uh, literally an all in one, uh, lead generation and sales enablement platform, which I know is a, is a buzz term. And a lot of people say that, but you know, all in one can come from so many different angles. And, and for us, it's not just software. Uh, we do include software, but you know, to to have an effective prospecting engine and to get a, a regular flow of qualified leads for your sales team and truly support them, you don't just need you know a, a, an outreach license or you know some sequences. You really need an, a, a nicely laid out go to market plan. That will identify what your contact list needs are, your prospect list needs. So we provide all these things. We, we assist with the go-to-market planning. Then we provide, we can generate prospect lists. Then we provide messaging. Then we also execute, optimize, and maintain that, those outreach sequences. And then the sort of final category is we, we provide um, lead scoring and task management so that as, as companies, as sales teams are going out to market and, and, and at a higher volume, engaging their target customers, you know, there's going to be folks that are in funnel that are showing interest, but didn't, didn't convert, they didn't sign up and they go back to the website or they go back to an email or they engage enough that it's worth reaching out. And we call that targeted follow through. So, so the final thing that we do in, in addition to, there's kind of two, two big buckets, but one is the, the entire prospecting system and optimizing that and anything that would get in your way to make it effective, we provide. And then this lead scoring software that we have, um, it, it, it enables task management and targeted follow-through 
on those those uh, uh quali- that what people call marketing qualified leads, but you know leads that they now they're in the funnel. They know who you are, they know what you do, and they're showing a level of interest. And so that's where a human should now step in and say, "Hey, I'm Chad, and and I you know I'd, I'd love to connect and, and and let's get some time." And so that that's kind of. Uh, that's that's who we are and what we do. And I, what was the was there a two part question or was it just one part? Oh yeah, I'm curious how you got there, like the the journey. Oh, right. Yeah. So it's a you know it's it's an entrepreneurial journey. It's not the sexiest uh, story you're going to hear, but <laughs> we yeah you know um, before this I, I raised a bunch of venture capital on a, a company called People Links. Really learned the hard way how to build a uh, uh, you know reliable uh, marketing and sales funnel and how to really enable, we had about a 10-person sales team, you know, five SDRs, couple AEs, VP of sales. Um, and, I, and I learned a tremendous amount building that business. So when I left that company seven years ago, I uh, started a new business really with one goal, which was bootstrapping it to profitability and options and then figuring out if I want to raise money or what I wanted to do. But I felt like I, and the market has, has changed so much for building companies now that you can bootstrap much more effectively. So I started with, that was my main goal. It was, it really wasn't about a customer. It wasn't about a, a, a solution. It was just like, what can I bootstrap? What can I take to market effectively? And I chose a venture that I thought I could do that with. We started serving local businesses. Um, we got very popular with a number of gym franchises and ramped up to about 500 gyms and a couple hundred restaurants. And then uh, the pandemic hit, and I realized like these businesses are screwed. And <laughs> and, uh, and 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 so over the weekend we pivoted and we you know did our did our best for those customers, and we still have a, a number of them, and a bunch of them are coming back. But we pivoted towards doing what we were great at, which was generating leads for sales teams and uh, that we had done so well ourselves to build our clientele. And, and it was a, a variation of what we were doing for our local business clients. So, I mean, that was at this point a year and a half, almost two years ago. And we, we had already had one, one B2B sales team uh, on board as a pilot, but it was like something we were dipping our toe in the water, not a priority, wasn't a big deal. So we pivoted and, um, our business has like tripled since then. Nice. Um, yeah. And it's because like now we're selling something that we're actually all passionate about because we're great at it. Um, already we're great at it as a company and we, we were living and breathing it. And now we're selling to bigger customers at a higher price point. And it has enabled us when I realized how fast we were growing, it was a, about a year and two or three months ago, we, when we literally replaced all of our local business revenue with sales teams. And it was just no, we closed 20 sales teams in one month, January last year. It was insane. And, um, yeah, so, and everybody was looking for remote selling solutions. So when that happened, I started to invest in the lead scoring uh, part of it as well. And so we've, we've hired an agency to help us build out, uh, our, our lead scoring software and the mobile app and everything that's coming together. But now our, our company is, you know, just pretty much heads down on, um, on this, you know, lead gen sales enablement, the whole program, the all in one solution I mentioned, and, uh, uh, you know, building out kind of the, the toolkit for our clients to make them more effective uh, sellers. I love it. I love it. All right. So, uh, towards the interview. We ask all of our guests two short questions. And the first one is simply as a CEO, that makes you a prosper. A lot of people who are trying to sell to you. So I'm curious to know from your perspective, when somebody doesn't have a trusted referral in what works best for you when somebody's trying to capture your attention and earn the right to time calendar. You know, it's, 
honestly just doing a good job. <laughs> so many people are terrible, <laughs> terrible at outreach, right? And uh, you know, I read I read a, a, a post the other day that was like, if you you know if you if there's a company that you want to go work for. Um, look at look at their company, find, research them, find out what problem you could solve for them and how you're going to do it, and then send the CEO a note explicitly telling them what you can do for them and how you can do it. And you know, there's a like a greater than ninety percent chance that you'll you'll get hired or at least get the opportunity to, to to speak with them. And I think that's you know, I think that that's right. It's like you, you don't people think that you need to fall in line and like. You know, oh, I sent I, I sent an email or I submitted my resume or I did this thing. I, you know that you 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 did the thing that you were supposed to do and it didn't work. Well, you know that's not how that's not how you need to that's not how you do it, right? You got to look for the side door or the or the back door, and and so you know that means doing a little bit of homework and coming at the CEO with a relevant message and then be persistent. Like people appreciate persistence, particularly if it's quality outreach. So if you're if you're reaching out with real value, you've done your homework and you're being again polite and professional, like go go hard, like follow up five or six times and and through multiple channels and you'll get through. But don't you know? I would say you know direction over speed. Don't go fast. Take your time. Get the message right and um, and just just do it. But don't don't go for the front door. That's probably the worst uh, the worst way about it. I love it. I love it. All right. So last question, we call it our acceleration insight. If there was one piece of advice you could tell sales marketing people, what would it be and why? Gosh, I mean, there's, there's so many, there's so many, uh, good things out there. Um, I think one is like that frustrates me and I, I, is, you, you know, you need to move beyond networking and, and find out how to generate leads, right? Even if you can't necessarily be your own lead generating machine, it's always better to have a qualified conversation where somebody's actually interested in what you're selling than having to kind of force it through on people, which isn't to say you can't do that, right? But but even if it's in a small, a small way, if you can, like like we were just talking about how to reach out to the CEO appropriately to get a meeting and an opportunity, like doing your research, knowing how you can create value and being pointed and being able to generate your own leads, I think is I think is one of the biggest. And then I can't, I can't stop there because that's, that's half of the equation. But the other half is hire a sales coach. If you never have, or a sales consultant, they're not that expensive. You can work with them for one month. They'll change your whole career. I learned so much working with sales coaches through my career that it was transformative. So I highly recommend uh, hiring a professional to help. I love it. That's great advice. And I wish more people would take you on that because I'd probably be doing better outreach and we would all be better off as a result. All right, Patrick. So if uh, somebody's interested in learning more about these topics, learning more about NerdWise or talking to you, is there a specific place you'd prefer we send them? Nerdwise.com is always good. And LinkedIn, Patrick Baines, come find me, say hello. All good. Excellent. Well, hey, I can't thank you enough for taking the time. It's been a pleasure having you on the show today. Thanks, Chad. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Talk to you soon. All right, everybody, that does it for this episode. You know the drill. B2BRevExec.com. Share it with your friends, family, coworkers. If you like what you hear, leave us a review on iTunes. Until next time, we at Value Selling Associates wish you all nothing but the greatest success. You've been listening to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show on iTunes or your favorite podcast player. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.